the competitiveness, okay, that's one thing for your career and for things that you really want to push through and be the tops, but how hard is it for you to sit down and play like old maid with a five-year-old, right? I mean, oh. it's like you can't do it. No, I'm that guy. When exactly. I used to play ping pong with yep. the boy, mm-hmm. even if he was nine, I didn't have it in me Those to let him Those balls coming back me. at him probably yeah. like, ah! He was like, oh my gosh, he's trying to hurt he me over PTSD here. PTSD <laughs> from Ganipkanop. <laughs> The clock on the wall says it's that time again. Mm-hmm. Cooping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. I, Brian, somebody who has been in therapy for probably not long enough based on how <laughs> I handle life. And then, of course, we have Courtney, who is a licensed therapist. And Courtney, I think we have a pretty good topic today, which I yes. entitle The Enemy Within. Mm. Now, it's interesting because I think one of the biggest problems that a lot of people run into yeah. Your perspective on and your perception of yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those two things don't match up. To give you an example of what I'm talking about, most everyone thinks that they're funny, Mm -hmm. but not everybody is funny. And anybody who is an arrogant idiot, hey, I'm an arrogant idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're not able to figure out what your enemy within is, how can you address it? And Mm -hmm. I think that's where you come in. As a therapist, and one of the questions that I'm going to start with before we get to my issues Mm -hmm. and the enemies that I have within me is, in some subtle way, Mm -hmm. you know what the problem is probably pretty quickly, and you have to ease them into what it is like it's a nice Mm -hmm. warm bath, and you have to be very subtle, and you have to be careful not to be too insulting, and they may be resistant to that assessment. Mm -hmm. How does that process usually go? So true about that. That is so right. So when people come in, a lot of times, you know, we're assessing ongoing and we're kind of seeing, okay, they may have an issue with this or with that. But it is difficult because, like you said, sometimes we have blinders on about what our own issues can be or how we're perceived by others. And so sometimes in therapy, a lot of the work revolves around getting honest with the things that you're doing, your behaviors, and maybe some of the relationships that you have, if they're not working out, maybe looking at the common denominator of the person who's having the relationship. Having to be very sensitive about all of that, though, too, it's very important. Of course, we have to establish a rapport. We're not just going to turn to people, and rightfully so. What do we know when you first walk in the door? We need to really assess, and we need to listen and get the full picture. We can't just jump off the bat and just start judging. We don't judge anyway. So it takes some time to sit with people and to figure that out. But then, of course, once we do kind of make an assessment and we want to talk to you about some discrepancies, some things that are going on, the gap, we shall say, between what you're doing and what you're getting and where you may have some responsibility there, it can be tough. How do I want to put it? Gentle confrontation is, I guess, how I would put it. It's interesting because I was reading an article about narcissism Mm -hmm. recently, and it was giving you advice on how to address a narcissist. And the first piece of advice was, do not tell them they're a narcissist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that could be a loaded thing to tell someone. So yes. let's just say hypothetically, mm-hmm. a full-on narcissist mm. is coming in for sessions with you and having all of these problems right. due to the narcissism. How do you tiptoe through those tulips? Right. And that's the thing. It's really talking about what their strengths are, which I guess if they have narcissistic tendencies, they may be very aware of certain things that they are believing are their strengths. So we talk about their strengths. We try to build people up and talk talk about that. But then we also talk about, well, what are the areas you're having some trouble with and try to help them to come to some conclusions. The powerful thing in therapy, I think, is to be able to have that space where people
people can listen to themselves and come to that place on their own. When they're told by other people all the time what other people's perceptions are, they can get defensive and they can shut down and it doesn't help us to be able to get in there and help people change some things. But it is difficult. There's a lot of personality disorders that can be really difficult in one way to work with because they may have a lot of resistance and they may not want to hear what you have to say. So you do have to finesse it and be very gentle. I'm glad that you started taking it down this road because while I frame this as the enemy within, Mm -hmm. these traits are often something that you can use in both good and bad ways. There are positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. So let's unpack everything that's wrong with yours truly. (laughs) And believe me, there have been a lot of things and some of those have already been addressed. My anxiety at Mm -hmm. one point was through the roof Mm -hmm. and I've learned how to handle and control that. So that's no longer my enemy. That is my friend. But in terms of things that I still continue to deal with on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. and I feel like unlike most patients, I have a handle on what they are. And you have great insight, Brian. That's the thing. But the problem is sometimes I'll admit they still get the best of Mm -hmm. me. Now, one of the biggest ones is my competitive nature. Mm. Now, I'm competitive to the extent that it has given me a career that I think a lot of people would like to have had. I never give up Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly chasing that thing. And to my detriment, sometimes I let it take over my life. My wife and I have this conversation all the time because we have both done this for our careers Mm -hmm. and we have both seen it blow up in our faces. Just because you care about something that much Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that your employer is going to reciprocate. And I equate it sometimes to being in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. You are loving something so much that isn't loving you back that right. much. And, and you sometimes pouring more and more into it. You get yeah. caught on mm-hmm. that treadmill and it's kind of hard to come off of it. Now, I've used it as a positive to have a rewarding and fulfilling mm-hmm. career in a lot of ways, but where it starts to become negative is when it starts affecting my personal life. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have a radio show, yeah. and this morning we were talking about how for our wedding anniversary, my wife, who has had a very difficult year, I got her Galaga, mm-hmm. which is a 1980s arcade game that was her favorite from mm-hmm. when we were kids, and it's like a tabletop version of the arcade game. I'm and excited to go over there and play it. it. You can come over any. <laughs> time and try to beat her high score. But this is the interesting thing. She's playing, playing, playing her competitive nature and she's racking up high scores and she's setting goals. You know, first it was, I want 20,000. Then it was 30. Then it was 40,000. But then she turned to me and said, hey, do you want to play? And my immediate answer is no. And do you know why? Mm. Because I'm so competitive and I know I'm going to get on there and I'm going to start looking at her high score. And if I don't beat it because of the self-loathing, the competitive nature, Mm -hmm. the anxiety is going to start to come back. Mm. I can't have fun. I hate game night with couples. Mm. I don't golf because of this. And I feel like it is denying me potential pleasures in my life because I'm so wrapped up in this. Mm -hmm. And in an interesting side note here, I also have the reclusiveness and the social anxiety, Mm -hmm. which I battle all the time. And a lot of people to hear me talk, you'd say, really, that's a thing. I noticed this pattern in entertainers. You saw it with Letterman. You saw Mm -hmm. it with Howard Stern the two reclusive guys who were just obsessed with their careers. Stern was so obsessed with competitors. Like a lot of times I look at them as people in the sorority and the fraternity. And I feel like, look, there's enough success to go around. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be? Yeah, of course I do. But I want all of us to succeed. But he said as he got older, he had to let go of some of that. He's like, if anybody is taking audience, they're taking it away from me and I want all of it. It's not enough to have most of it. That's why he's been in 
therapy multiple times a week for decades. Then you had David Letterman, who if he had a bad show, especially back in the NBC days, Mm. would be so upset, he'd go back to his office and people could hear him literally trashing it, like glass breaking and things to that extent. I share a lot of that. I share the reclusiveness. Mm -hmm. I share that competitiveness. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I take those to that extreme, but Mm -hmm. another thing I do have is anger. Mm -hmm. And with my self-loathing, I used to beat myself up and I've Mm -hmm. often talked about how my therapist taught me to be angry at people who are wronging me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm dealing with those spinning plates just as much as those guys Mm -hmm. are. And it's great that I have an awareness of it, but my inability to work around it sometimes Mm -hmm. does drive me crazy. Right. And that's the thing. So that would be the next level of there's so many things that you've worked on and worked through. That would be the next level of things. It is tough, Brian, because I mean, that's the thing, especially with the competitiveness. Okay, that's one thing for your career and for things that you really want to push through and be the tops. But how hard is it for you to sit down and play like old maid with a five-year-old, right? I mean, it's like you can't do it. No, I'm that guy. When I used to play ping pong with the boy, Mm -hmm. even if he was nine, I didn't have it in me to let him beat me. At him, probably yeah. like, ah. He was like, oh my gosh, he's trying to hurt he me over PTSD here. PTSD <laughs> from Knipkinop. <laughs> I says, never again with that guy. That's the thing. And that's when you can say, you know what, it is interfering with my fun, with being able to just have I can that. never relax. Yeah. That is yeah. a real problem. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And so that would be the kind of thing. Now, you would come into therapy. You have that awareness. Mm-hmm. But if somebody came in and had that anger and had that inability to, like you said, have fun, but yet didn't acknowledge that they have anything to do with it. They keep looking at externally like mm-hmm. everybody else is driving them crazy and they have to do all this. That's a lot of work to be done to change how you're thinking and how you're feeling about it and to challenge yourself. Like I would have somebody say, okay, you're going to sit down and play 10 minutes of Uno and you're going to breathe and you're going to have some positive self-talk about how this game is just for fun and how it's for the other person. You're going to learn that it doesn't have to be about you and your competitiveness. So it would be reframing and changing things things up. But that, of course, assumes that the person is ready to work on that. So mm-hmm. in therapy, we have these stages of change and we help people. It's called motivational interviewing. We ask questions and we just try to frame it as such to show people and reflect back to them and say, wow, you have been having a lot of trouble with that. It sounds like you're saying that your relationships have been affected and they may go down that road with you. And before you know it, they're realizing that there are things that have been affecting their life that they may be able to change. And so we start from that place instead of just saying, well, you need to change this. What's the matter? Why aren't you doing this? And so it is a very sensitive thing. Now, I do want to also say as a therapist, we are not robots. We bring our own insecurities and stuff into session. We do have to manage that. We have to have a lot of self-management. If something comes up for me, I may say, hmm, I'll quickly note that and I'll say, let me work on that outside of session or maybe seek some supervision around it. But I have to say one of the things, and I've talked about this before, people pleasing, wanting people to like me. If I have to confront someone on something, it is difficult. (laughs) Sometimes I'm sweating. Hopefully I've had such a good rapport with them that I can say, listen, can I just be bluntly honest with you and let me tell you how difficult this is for me to do this? But here's the deal. And they really appreciate that because I'll come to them with, this is not easy for me to do this, but hey, have you ever thought about this. And I really haven't had anyone blow up at me or get angry. And most of the times they might say, oh, that's something I could look at. But I just want people to know that as therapists, we are affected and we also have our own stuff too. So it's not like we're like these perfect people or robots that are just spitting this stuff out. We're very human and we can relate on that level. So we understand the pain and we understand when you have those insecurities. In response to that multitude of things that you just said, I will start by saying there are no quick fixes when it comes to therapy or at least very rare 
early. It is a long and arduous journey, mm-hmm. and you need to be prepared and committed for that and to that. Right. So that is one thing. Another mm-hmm. thing that I would say in terms of you want people to like you, mm-hmm. but with my social anxiety, I just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And I say that to my wife all the time. Right. I just want to be able to live my life because I do believe in what my brother has said many times. Mm-hmm. Other people ruin everything. Mm-hmm. And to speak to that, <laughs> we have a mutual friend yeah. who used to be my co-host on the radio show, Amanda, mm-hmm. who recently pointed out to me, look, my mom passed away mm-hmm. and I had a hard time with that. I was having a hard time with my wife having lost her job and then Mm -hmm. Eddie Van Halen died. We talked about that last week, the problems Mm -hmm. compounding. And I said to her recently, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time Mm -hmm. with Eddie. I said, I think it's because it's the latest in a long string of problems. And she said, no, I think it's also this, Brian. Mm -hmm. I think that you have always valued things over people Mm -hmm. and his music Mm -hmm. meant so much to you that you are mourning that music. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a light bulb moment for me because I say that things won't let you down. And I've been Mm -hmm. hurt a lot in relationships. This is why I've discussed in the past, I kept my current wife at an arm's length for the longest time. This is what might hurt a lot of interpersonal relationships that Mm -hmm. I have in my own life because I have that hard protective shell. Mm -hmm. And that's where sometimes that reclusiveness and that social anxiety is working against me. Now, the positive with it is it does cause me to focus more on other things like my career, which has helped me. And as far as the anger and the darkness, Mm -hmm. I have been able to use that comedically Mm -hmm. to be able to make fun of it, which also helps the career, helps to keep it from getting power over me. So again, while we call all of these things the enemy within... You can take a negative and turn it into a positive, and that, I think, is initially what you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. But as time marches on, you've really got to make the determination of where that line is and when it should never be crossed Mm -hmm. to your detriment. Exactly. And that speaks to the awareness of kind of taking that step back and saying, okay, wait a minute, how is this affecting me? How is this affecting the people in my life? What is my bigger goal and dream? And is this feeding into that? Is this bringing me closer to it or further away? So you might think in the moment that being so competitive is really helpful because it's helped you in other areas. But if you look at the bigger picture, oh, I want harmony with the people in my life. I want to have some fun. So is is this actually something that's helping me to get closer to that? If I'm holding on to this competitiveness in personal relationships, doing things like playing games or that kind of thing or golf or something and looking at that. And if there's a discrepancy there and it's not adding up, then it's like, OK, what can I do to change this? And what small things can I start to do to not have such a big focus on what I think is so important? Maybe there's something else that's more important out of that. All right. Let's do something here that we haven't done yet. Okay. Here on Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. <laughs> let's swap spots. I'm going to tell you. You, here, you you hop on the couch over here. I'm going to sit in the therapist chair okay. because we do realize with you, because you mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. that the enemy within you yep. is wanting everyone to like you. Right. So when it comes to you battling that enemy, mm-hmm. first of all, how can you use that as a positive? And secondly, how do you manage it so it doesn't become a detriment in your life? When right. you get to that point where you're realizing, hey, this person, no matter how hard mm-hmm. I try, and sometimes I say this, the harder I try try, the worse right, that it the gets. Worst getting, yes. How do you practice what you preach? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that my clients help me with that a lot, just having to be the therapist and do what I do and having to be honest because it's in service to them. It's like, I need to do this in service to them rather than in service to me to keep certain things to myself because I'm like, oh, I don't want them 
to get upset with me and have confidence in myself that I am a good person and I can frame things in certain ways that people can be like, oh, okay, I can see that point or I'll sit with that. I'm not abrasive and that kind of thing. So I have to have some confidence in my other skills. And I also, as I get older, I think I'm getting better at this with the whole people pleasing thing. But I have to have that awareness always of being like, okay, is this in service to me or is this in service to others? And sometimes you just say, not everybody's going to like you all the time. And sometimes people are going to get upset. And that's okay. That's the reality of life. Let me give you a real concrete example Mm -hmm. that I think might be, if not on the increase yet, it might be over time, Mm -hmm. given what you do outside of the therapist's office. Now, I have had public jobs Mm -hmm. for a very long time, whether I be writing comedy, performing it, or on the radio. And with that comes things like social media trolling. And mm-hmm. I remember working with some <laughs> younger people. breathing. Shallow <laughs> over here, Brian. Where are we going? I know. I'm sweating. <laughs> but I've worked with younger people who obsess over it. And yeah. they're constantly on the socials and they're seeing what other people are saying. And mm-hmm. I try to avoid it for the most part. Yeah. But when I run into it, inevitably, mm-hmm. I'm at a point where I've dealt with it enough mm-hmm. that I'm able to dismiss it and I'm able to understand the psychology. Sometimes it's people who are jealous of the attention that you're getting. Right. Maybe they wish they were doing what you did, Mm -hmm. wish that they had your ability. So the best and most easy way for them to crap all over it is to come at you. So that's how I'm able to process that. And I said earlier, when I see it, I say to my wife, I just want to be left alone. Like, I don't care what you think. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. But for somebody like those younger people and maybe you, mm-hmm. this could ruin an entire day. So let's <laughs> oh, just say that oh, somebody yeah. <laughs> starts flaming you yeah. on social media. Given your therapy background, mm-hmm. how would you try to process that? Right. And maybe to give some advice to people who get bullied online right. or in that political argument at exactly. this time of year with a loved one. Well, that's the thing. I really do. With social media, I keep it to a minimum. I do what I need to do. I check out some things and then I stay off of it a lot of times for the most part, because I do think there's so much negativity, not that anything directed at me, but it can be overwhelming, just the negativity in and of itself. And I've said this to people, like, if people start trolling me, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, said, I even said to our boss, I said, oh, I can't handle that. And I said, you know what? I got to watch the story I'm telling myself because I think I can handle it. It's just, I don't want to handle it. I yeah. don't want well, that kind of stuff. nobody enjoys And it. nobody, exactly. I, well, I don't, I don't know, Brian. Sometimes you're no, going back and forth with part people. Of me. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I've seen you fire off some emails over there. But yeah, so I think for me, just remembering, okay, what is the reality? The reality is not everybody's going to like you, love you, embrace you, but that's a good thing because let's just say, okay, then I don't have to worry about having that on my shoulders that 100% of everybody has to agree with me. I think that's a good thing to embrace because that is reality. And every time we fight reality, we're just having more and more resistance. Reality wins 100% of the time. So we have to embrace some of these things or else we're going to keep fighting it and having this resistance. So I've had to have that conversation with myself and be like, okay, sometimes you do make mistakes. Okay, sometimes somebody might be upset with you. I actually had someone recently, there was something that she came to me, she really wanted to talk to me about and she was upset about. And I was like floored because I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Oh my gosh, I went into that headspace. But then I realized everybody has their perspective. Let me just go with open arms and open ears and discuss this issue. We came to a great place because we could totally understand each other. 
But I had a really hard time initially sitting with that because I was like, ah, somebody's upset with me. But then, like I said, I advise people to do that. Take a breath, have that conversation with yourself, check in with some other supports around you, kind of have a little reality check around things and get that support. But it is a work in progress and it's something we have to keep challenging some of the ways we're thinking so that we can get different results on things. And some of what you said speaks to another enemy which resides within Mm. me, and that is my OCD Mm -hmm. and that tendency. And I'm not the kind of person who's turning light switches on and off a thousand times, but I really do become obsessed with certain things. And you Mm -hmm. mentioned with social media how you just do kind of what you have to do. And I've had to take for my mental health, for the most part, Mm -hmm. that approach in Mm -hmm. that I will use it more to post, to Mm -hmm. promote a radio show, the podcast, more so than being that voyeur and then hopping on and feeling like I need to know what's going on Mm -hmm. with everybody else. Now, there are positives and negatives to that because in avoiding that, I might not see something great that's happening in somebody's life because I'm trying to protect myself Mm -hmm. from the trolls. So that's a problem. And another area in which, well, hey, OCD, that has also helped my career. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm OCD competitive and we've spoken to that whole thing. But here's where it's been a problem recently, and everybody right away who knows me well, you, Ben who fills in, my wife, every (laughs) friend that I've ever had, once everything started going to crap recently and my mom died and everything happened with Eddie, the outpouring from people Mm -hmm. has been so overwhelming in positive ways, Mm -hmm. but you all knew what my OCD would do and where it would take me, Mm -hmm. and that was... I feel like I have to acknowledge everyone who's taking Mm -hmm. the time to wish me well and at least give them an emoji, Mm -hmm. thank them for it, give some kind of a response. Courtney, it is so bad. My mom passed away on September 16th. Mm -hmm. As we tape, it is one month later. Mm. Yesterday afternoon, I was on my phone. Did I miss anybody who was saying, I'm sorry? And I was going through like, look, we have a lot of side pages. There were fan Mm -hmm. social media pages and things like that. And that's a problem because Mm -hmm. it keeps me away from things that are more productive. And while my heart is in the right place, not every single person is Mm -hmm. expecting me, especially at a time like this. And we even announced it a few times that, you know, we'd love to have you share some comments for Brian. But of course, and Ben said it too. He was like, keep it centralized. Yeah, exactly. And I said, let me try to do this here so he doesn't have to go all over the place. And then also he has said he can't get back to everyone. And everyone understands that, of course. But yeah, it's really hard because that's what drives it, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. your anxiety goes up if you don't do it. So for as much as I espouse therapy and I act as if I have a lot of things figured out, I thought this would be a great opportunity to let people know I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I still battle a lot. I'm proud that I have an awareness of it, Mm -hmm. but the next step in my therapy journey Mm -hmm. is to get a better handle on all of these things. And in the grand scheme of the therapy world, there are much worse things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I take comfort in. I feel like I've slayed many of the bigger enemies in my life, but the war is not over. Right. No, no, it's not. And that's the thing. I mean, we just want to continue to grow. Those battles never end. No, they don't. And as long as we're alive, hopefully that we want to just keep improving and keep seeing where there's things that we're stumbling over all the time or things that are not working for us in our life. And that's the great thing about 
about therapy. You get a space to process. You get that validation. You get to kind of hear about your strengths and you internalize that and you say, wow, I do have all these strengths. So like, what am I afraid of? I can step forward and I can battle some of this. And then you get lots of great tools and you learn ways to kind of look at things from different perspectives and try some new behaviors on. And I'm going to work on you with the whole game all thing. Right. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. Of course, I, I don't know if Carla's going to enjoy see a that. Galaga but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Over the weekend. And I'll say, my very Carla, near future. I want you to do some deep breathing exercises with him. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, I think, you know, everybody wants to go to therapy to fix all of their problems. If you want right. Zen acceptance and enlightenment, die. Because <laughs> and even then, I can't guarantee that you're going to get right, it. Right. But that's what I think it takes to move on to that next plane. Right, right. Be able to see the big picture. And for anybody who resists therapy, mm-hmm. as I always say, everyone can use it. Right. Even me, for as many problems as I've solved, I'm always going to have some form of a problem right. that needs to be managed that I can't handle by myself. Right. And that's okay. And that's okay. And also, there's many forms of therapy. So you don't have to go to one-on-one therapy. Maybe you go to some group support. There's a ton of stuff on Zoom these days with group support for people. There's also what we call bibliotherapy, which is basically you get some books. You can check some books out. You can get on your Kindle some different areas that you want Make to sure work on. Make sure you source on. those materials okay. in the bibliography. <laughs> and also, I always recommend people go to TED Talks because oh, there's yeah. some great stuff on there. So there's lots of ways that you can get in some more information and get some help around things without going to therapy per se. Therapy is awesome and of course I'll always recommend that but there's other ways that you can start to change your mind on things and even if you're just in that stage of being like I don't know I want something more out of my life or I seem to be in the same spot and dealing with the same stuff all the time. Some of these things can really help like reading books and watching some videos. I just discovered another enemy within you. Mm-hmm. You're sending them to TED talks. I'm sending them to the Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian podcast. Come on, what's wrong with you? Got to promote this thing. <laughs> and go to the podcast. Oh, oh and Wellness Wednesday. Yeah. So stuff Look, like Daddy that needs too. to pay for his therapy, okay? <laughs> what are you doing? This dead crap. <laughs> Sending to other people. Oh my gosh. Speaking of which, we have Wellness Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is a radio segment that we have on our show, Cat Country 98.1 yeah. in Providence, morning radio show. People can get in touch with you that mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. You can go to catcountry.com on the Wellness Wednesday page. We have tons of resources. We also have a link to get to all of the episodes, which is so great. Because I was looking through them, Brian. There's so many cool different topics that we've talked about during the pandemic. So yeah, I try to find that crap at TED right, Talks. Exactly. You know what? Come to us. And Screw come you, to Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to write to me directly, wellness at wctk.com. And then, of course, the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. We have tons of those. At Cat Country Mornings is yep. where most of them are. My Twitter, I'm at Brian Cat Country. Mm-hmm. And then... Brian Mulhern on Facebook and Instagram. I think I'm on Twitter, but I never check yeah. it. <laughs> I don't Go know how Brian. much Courtney is TikToking, but <laughs> yeah, not too much. I'm right not now. suspecting that it's a lot. Well, another episode is in the books. We thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time on Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thank you. I want to talk about-